have this morning. Amen. Worship him. Amen. If you love the Lord, worship him this morning. Amen. Give it to him with all that you have. Hallelujah. You may take your seat this morning. Hallelujah. Such a wonderful presence of God. Amen. It's uh, been uh, such a great service this morning. The presence of God is, uh, is in this place. If, if, you, uh, if you are here today and uh, you have not uh, felt something, um, it's going to be shocking because it's been a, uh, an amazing service, amen, and I hope that you that are uh, watching us online can also be a partaker, amen, of what is happening in this service and that you are... Um, not just enjoying and not just as entertainment, but also just participating, being part of what, amen, is, is being experienced today. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord's going to speak. Speak to me. Look at your other neighbor and say, the Lord's going to speak to you. Praise God. Amen. We're going to um, start off in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm so thankful for just everyone's involvement, man, our, our greeters are here, we're here early, just everyone that makes this service possible, I'd just like to say thank you. And thank you because it takes a large team of people to make all of this work, amen. And um, and so it's not it does not go unnoticed. And even sometimes when we don't know what is happening behind the scenes, there are events, there are things happening, there are people doing things, amen. So continue to pray for our church. Continue to pray for our volunteers, our people that that minister that choose to serve amen in in in, in the uh, making or the happening of a service amen I'd like so also just thank you know and honor my wife my family just for always being alongside me and um and helping me every single day every time i have to prepare something they they support me in that amen hallelujah praise god and i uh like to preach under the title don't lose it don't lose it amen and so the word of God says in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all of your strength amen precious Jesus thank you father for giving us an opportunity to be here this morning. You are so, so great, such a wonderful God, and we thank you for what you are about to do, my Lord Jesus. We are here in anticipation of what you will be doing today, my Father. I know that you will speak, my Lord. Use me, Father. Uh, use my mouth, my mind, my Lord Jesus. Convey the message this morning, Father, that your will may be fulfilled in this place. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we have here, amen, such a, a small verse, amen, a small verse with such a great message, amen. You could say there's a, there's a ton of, of, uh, of meat in that message, amen, in this one single verse that says, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. With all your soul and with all of your strength. Amen. It's a command given, amen, to his people and uh, given by the Lord. Amen. And on the surface, it may seem something simple. It may seem something with not a whole lot to do because many people nowadays can say, I love God. I love God. If you tell, ask anyone, just about anyone out on the street, you ask them, you know, do you believe in God? And they'll say yes. And, and they might even go as far as to say, I love God. 
you know, and, and everyone claims to have some type of connection, some type of relationship with God, amen. But we know that the word of God says that you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. You shall love him with everything that you are, with everything that you have, amen. And um, we can see that in scripture, uh, uh, there is, um, from the beginning, sometimes this was very difficult to do or very difficult to follow. And we not only see it in scripture, but we see it throughout the history of the church and even the history of our church as a body. Or even in some occasion, you and I, amen, where we have maybe failed to love the Lord with everything that we have, amen, with everything that we are. However, people begin, begin their walk and they begin their, this race or this path or this journey. They begin it with a great desire to serve God. Amen. How many of you guys remember when you gave your life to God? Such a wonderful and fantastic time. Amen. So people begin with a desire to serve God for the rest of their days. Amen. When we baptize someone, when they go down, amen, in the waters of baptism, we ask a question. We ask, how long will you serve God? How long will you be serving the Lord? And I have not heard a different response yet. So everyone always answers and they say, for the rest of my life. And we don't tell them to say that. We don't feed them that information. They genuinely say that from the bottom of their heart or because, or because that is what they wish to say at that moment. We don't force anyone to give that answer. It, it, it's something that comes out from within, from the deepest part of their being. Too often though, we see that somewhere along the way, People stop serving God. Some turn into a relaxed or lax lifestyle. Mediocrity sits in. The desire to continue serving God is reduced to a bare minimum. They simply uh, 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 fulfill the actions of coming to church in a very monotonous, robotic, uh, 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 habit, habitual uh, way of, of serving God and so they lose what they had they lose what has been given to them by God they lose that which has changed their lives they lose that there is no more passion for serving God. There is no more desire. There's nothing that is burning inside of them that says, I need, I have a meeting with my God. I have a meeting with the King and I need to attend that meeting. I need to serve Him. There is nothing that is burning up inside of them, hungering, amen, for that relationship with the Almighty God. And if we could take a pause here for a moment, I'd like to turn your attention over the screen. There's a quote that was given by someone. Um, I think there's an image there. And who this person eventually became uh, president in our country. But he gave this message or he spoke about this at a time before he was actually president. And I'm going to wait till it's up there because I really want you to see it. I really want you to read it. And um, it speaks volumes about the way people think, about the people, the way people may anticipate something. Amen. And... Um, in the moment, you will be able to read it. And it's uh, very important that you think about it a little bit. And when you read it, think about how it applies not just to life in general, but the way that you're 
journey with your family in this country and, and everywhere that you are, everywhere that you go. Amen. And so, um, just take a moment. It says, I'll read it along with you guys. It says, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. By Ronald Reagan. Just think about that for a little bit as, as you hopefully were reading that. And he gave this address in the 60s, well before he was president. And he was talking about something that made this country so special. Something that other countries could not enjoy at the time. And, and it was something, though, so delicate... So something so delicate that could easily be lost. If it was not cared for, if it was not protected, it could easily, amen, uh, it could easily be lost within a single generation at a time. Within one generation, he knew that this could be lost. It was, I mean, a great privilege to be able to enjoy the freedom. It was a great privilege to be able to live in a country where you could have an opinion about something, amen, and not necessarily be uh, uh, executed for that, where you could, amen, it was, it was something that had to be cared for, it had to be fought for, it had to be protected, amen, and the next generation had to be made aware that they should do the same. In other words, parents had to tell that, have to tell that to their children. And we have many men and women who have fought endlessly to preserve that. They have fought and given their lives to protect it so that you and I can enjoy this wonderful time of even being here in worship today. Nobody tells you how to worship. Nobody forces you to worship somewhere. You can worship anywhere that you want, however you want, uh, with whomever you want, really. We have that privilege to be able to do that, to enjoy the right of having, again, like I said, an opinion and voicing that opinion and talking about it in free speech with no repercussion. And as we look around today, if you look at the world today or look at this country today, you can't stop and think that something is wrong or there's something in the way that this country is headed. Amen. It is vastly different from what the intent and the purpose of it to when it was founded. And you can't help but think, where am I? And so I'm not here today to give you a political statement or try to convince you that this world is going down in shambles amen but I am here today to tell you that your relationship with God matters your relationship with God absolutely matters your walk with God cannot reach a point where you have to wonder why you started down this road you cannot forget why you decided to walk with God you cannot forget that the reason that you started serving this wonderful God amen and very much applying, amen, bringing this application into your life, bringing this application into your walk with God, bringing this application, amen, this foresight into what your life has, your children, your family, your marriage, your church, bringing, amen, this foresight, you need to preserve 
what you have. You need to protect what you have. You need to fight for what you have. And you need to pass it down to your children, what you have. And they need to know that you serve an almighty God. And that you have a God that can do miracles and can work things beyond measure. Amen. You don't pass it to your children by a simple infusion. You can't cough at them and, and pass them something of the word of God. You might, you might give them COVID or you might give them a flu. But you're not going to give them what's in this book simply by rubbing on to them. You're not going to do that. And it was so amazing that Brother Rick mentioned that statement this morning as he was talking to his daughter because that is absolutely something that we have to do that is absolutely how we transfer this wonderful thing that we have this beautiful book these words that are so uplifting and are so encouraging and has the power to save mankind and change and restore amen and 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 redeem people that is how we pass this book down to the next generation by talking about it by sharing it amen by taking a moment to read to gather that's what your small groups are for that's what your fellowship your friendship groups are for to continue to pass this word and share this gospel so that you don't forget what you have and you don't lose what you have that you have something this world does not have you have something so special you have something so beautiful that this world doesn't have you have something the world wishes they had you cannot lose it you have to protect it you have to fight for it you have to pass it on to them unfortunately the Bible even the Bible is riddled with examples of men and women that forgot why they were here. They forgot why they were serving God and the privilege of a relationship with God. They forgot about it. They lost track of it. They lost sight of it. And we can take it back as far back as the garden. Was it too commonplace? Was there no more excitement talking to God himself? Was there no more purpose in speaking to God in the cool of the morning? Having that relationship with God? Was it just normal now? Was it average? Was it just like any other thing that they experienced or saw? We cannot take that for what we have for granted. We cannot take it for granted. We cannot take what he has given us and simply put it on a shelf and simply say, I'm okay. Men that forgot why they were serving God are in abundance. Again, like I said, we can see it in scripture. We have, I, I talk about Samson. I talk about Eli. We have Saul. We have Solomon. So many in the Old Testament, even David himself at one time in his life, he lost sight of what he was supposed to be doing, not just as a servant of God, but as a king. And the New Testament, we have examples as well. This is nothing new. It happens to mankind. It doesn't matter if you are where you're at if you're simply somebody sitting in a pew or if you're somebody that's up in ministry up in the platform or working somewhere in the back it can happen to anyone and we have Paul we have people that were uh, laboring along with him preaching the gospel and taking this word out to the churches in those remote areas but yet he says he says Demas has left me not serving God anymore. And he says, I have uh, Hymenus and, and Philetos. He says, I have turned them over to Satan. 
Because they stopped serving God. They lost track of what they should have been preserving. They didn't fight for it. There was something that where they were not serving God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their strength. They stopped serving God with everything that they had. And one of those areas failed to continue to connect with their God. The, word, the Bible doesn't give us details on their life. What exactly stopped connecting? What exactly they stopped doing? But it does talk about a failure. It does talk about a stumble. It does talk about something that happened in their life. And in my walk with God in this path, I myself have seen various saints come to a time in their life when they are no longer serving God earnestly. There is no, how would you say it, kick in their step or there is no, you know, light in their life. They simply continue the emotions and fall into that monotone life with, without substance. Some of them eventually, they stop serving God and others continue their routine without much in their life. Something happens where they are no longer loving the Lord with all of their heart, with all of their soul and all of their strength. And too many times I've seen it only one generation away. There's been, I've, I've met wonderful, wonderful individuals, marriages, strong uh, families. And just the next generation away, their children may stop serving God. And, and it's something that you can see sometimes, perhaps because they did not experience what their parents experienced. We don't know. There's, there's a lot of factors here. But we know that somebody stopped serving God. Somebody stopped doing what they should have been doing. Somebody decided that they weren't going to serve God with everything that they had. And I'm telling you here today that we have a God that wants all of us. We have a God here today that is so interested in you. He is so interested in you and I that he is with arms wide open. And he wants each and every one of us to go back to this and love him dearly, passionately with everything that we are, with everything that we have. He doesn't make an exception of people. It doesn't matter. He didn't, I mean, when we have that example of the prodigal son, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. He was welcomed with open arms. He was welcomed back into the sheepfold. And so the Lord wants us to continuously love him in this way. He doesn't want to be second place. He wants to be first and foremost in our life. He, amen, has miraculously saved us from a life, a life of destruction. We have to think about that a little bit sometimes, that where would we be if it was not for the Lord? Where would we be? What would our life be like had the Lord not have mercy, had mercy on us? He died on a cross for you and for me. And he did it while you and I were still sinners. He did it with his loving kindness, with the love that no other being in this world or in this earth had in this earth or out of this world. No one could ever do what he did for us. Let's go back to that passage in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord 
The Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You have to store them in your heart. There's only one way to do it. There's only one way to store these words in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. I go back to that example of Rick. Such an important thing, such an important factor in the life, amen, not just of a child, but of a family in general, even for you and for me. When we read the word of God, you're constantly learning and you're putting this word in your heart and you're being prepared. It nourishes you. You are preparing for the challenging day. You are preparing for the day of trial, for the day of tribulation. When the evil times come, when the wicked day arrives, you will be ready with this word and you will be able to say, I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen. As Job did. And he says, and even if my flesh is off I will continue to serve him and I know that I will see him in that day amen hallelujah so you have to live this out amen verse 8 says you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates amen you have to share this with your family. You have to talk about it in the morning. You have to talk about it in the evening. You have to talk about it at all times because it needs to be written in the tablets of our heart. David says, amen, in Psalms 119, amen. Uh, uh, I'm going to paraphrase. I think it's verse 6. It says, uh, in my heart have I stored your word so that I may not sin against you. I have stored, I have saved, I have written, amen, your words in my heart, so that I may not sin against you. Now, I'm no scholar, but I have my own interpretation of what it means to love the Lord with everything that you have, to love him with all of your heart. That means to love him with all of your emotions, love him with your praise, with your happiness, with your gratitude. Even when things don't go well, love him through the trials and the challenges. The word of God says rejoice always rejoice always it doesn't mean that you're incredibly happy all the time and that you have always a smile from ear to ear but there is something inside of you when you choose to rejoice always and to serve God with all that, that emotion with all that you have with everything that is inside of you even in the of in the middle amen of a trial or a bad situation and what does it mean to love the Lord with all your soul? Again, Brother Rick was talking about that. It was loving him with your innermost, with that part of you that knows that there is a God, that there is a God that exists, that it doesn't matter what is going on in the world, you know there's something inside of you that speaks to you about God, that tells you who God is, that says that uh, is aching, amen, for that relationship with God, that is aching, desiring, amen, that nourishment for from the Lord that is loving God with all your soul with that insight with that part of you that cannot be changed that knows that God exists and many people in the world will shut that down or they'll block that and and sometimes they will grow immune to that but I'm gonna say for a normal person or an average person you know that that is there there is something inside of you that tells you that there is a God. And you know what? I'm going to take back my last statement. I don't think that people like that exist. Because as soon as somebody is sick, what is the first thing that they ask for? 
prayer. Because there's something inside of them that tells them that there is a God. And what is loving God with all of your strength? Loving him with your actions. Loving him with anything that you can do. Loving him when things are up, when things are down, when things are sideways. Praising him in the good and the bad. Presenting your body, amen, as a sacrifice every single day. Doing that which is right even when things don't feel it. Sometimes when you don't feel like coming to church, I don't know, because it's Friday or because it's a day that you're really tired from work, but you choose and you say to yourself, I'm going to go there. You are loving God with your actions, with your strength, with something that you can do because that can be an opportunity for God to work a miraculous thing in your life. You are one service away from a healing. You are one one service away from a restoration. You are one service away, amen, from God performing the impossible in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in anything that is going on in your life. You are just one service, one prayer meeting away, amen. And that needs to be our attitude and love Him with that and all that we are. There are many men Though, I'm going to say, who continued to serve God in the midst of adversity. And when I say men, I'm talking men and women. Because the word of God also gives us examples of women that went and continue serving God in the midst of adversities. We have Joseph, Abraham, Moses, Noah. Paul, John the Baptist, amen, Hagar. We have a lot of women, Becca, Deborah. There was adversity in their lives, but they continue serving God with everything that they had. And, 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 and I, I quoted Job a little bit earlier, but in the, in the midst of a heavy situation, he knew that he had a redeemer. He knew that he had a trust in an almighty God that could do all things. But something happens or something sometimes gets lost in one of those areas. Again, I don't know what it is. Whether you stop serving God with all of your heart or you stop serving God with all of your soul or you stop serving God with all of your strength. But one of those areas sometimes stops connecting with God. And, and that is danger. If you look, if you read a lot through the Old Testament, you see the people of Israel. Always, it was a cycle. Just a cycle. All the time. They would serve God. Then they would be given to wickedness. They would serve God. Then they would be given to wickedness. And it's a pattern that you saw over and over and over. And sometimes you read it and you think, why were they, I don't know, dumb? Like, what, why were they doing that? And the thing is that it was just one generation away. It was one generation away. Someone served God. The next generation served the Baals. There would, they, would be, they would be overcome, they would be oppressed, they would, the next generation would uh, 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 reach out to God and repent and ask for forgiveness and they would be restored and then they lived fine for some time and then the next generation was given to sin. Obviously, somebody was not repeating Deuteronomy 6. Somebody was not uh, uh, delivering the word over and over every single day. And sometimes one generation doesn't know what the previous generation does. If I could give you an example, I don't know, a very simple example. If I were to ask, I don't know, Sister Bernice to pretend that she was on the phone, she would probably do something like, like this, right? I'm not saying because we're, we're old, but we'd probably do something like this. 
But if I ask my daughter, my six-year-old, my seven-year-old, I said, how would you pretend you're on the phone? She would most likely do this, right? She would do this. Why? Because she doesn't know about the previous thing. And quite frankly, she doesn't care about the previous thing. It doesn't matter to her, okay? And this is just one simple example in our human world. But you know what does matter? If I tell her that we have a God that can work the impossible, that we have a God that saved her parents from a life of destruction, if I tell her that God is real, that he is great, that he can work the impossible in all situations, that does matter. And I need to remind her, and I need to tell her, and I need to repeat it, and we need to read it together, and we need to continue loving the Lord with everything that we have, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all of our strength. We need to continue going through those motions so that that generation does not lose sight of what is important, that they don't lose what they have what's been given to them by the almighty God. We cannot afford to do that. And, and, and it's sad what's going on in the world. It's sad what's happening in this country. And we need to work on our children. We need to work on those that are around us. We need to work on those that are close around us because there is a God that right now brings hope that right now brings restoration there is hope right now for everyone and there is an opportunity for everyone to continue serving God but once we leave this world we stand in front of a judge we stand in front of someone that is going to bring the books out and it's going to ask an account of everything that has been done. Romans chapter 1, verse 25 says, Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. This verse says, that they went from worshiping the creator to worshiping the creation. And that is too evident in our world today. Stop serving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your heart, your strength. And you're going to worship something else. You're simply going to swap that with something else. That's why you cannot stop serving your God because you will start serving something else. You stop loving God, you're going to start loving something else. You're going to stop serving your creator and you're going to start serving creation. And this verse, if you read all of Romans chapter 1, it talks, it talks in detail of what happens to mankind when they stop serving God. He gives them over to a reprobate mind. He gives them over, amen, to the lust in their flesh. He gives them over to the lust in their heart and to the pride of life and to all sorts of lust in their life. He gives them over to that. He says, you don't want to serve me? Go right ahead. Go right ahead into the pig pen. It's a very descriptive chapter. But I'm here to tell you and encourage you. Serve God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. We should not forget why we have been called. Why we are here. Amen. Do not let go of what God has given you. Do not lose it. Do not lose it. Hang on to that. Hang on to that even with your nails, with the, with the, by the skin of your teeth. However you can hang on to it, hang on to it. Because that is going to be far more rewarding in eternity than you if you were to throw in the towel and say, 
I give up. There is so much God has done for you and for me. We see David, King David for this, this matter. He knew the importance of having God in his life. And even though he went astray for some time, he wanted to continuously have the blessing of God in his house, in his life. It was a few, uh, a few weeks ago on your small groups or your, friend, your friendship groups that we would have read this verse. 2 Samuel 7, 29 says, Verse 29 says, now therefore let it please you, this is David talking, let it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord, have spoken it and with your blessing let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Forever. He knew that there was a blessing in serving God. He knew that it was worth it to have the, the, the covering of God in one's life. He knew the value of what that, that brought to his life. And so we need to seek that fresh anointing every single day, day in in and day out for our children, for our family, for our spouse, for everyone in our home. We need to continue seeking him daily I'm going to wrap up already but I would really like to tell you I would really like to encourage you know why you're serving God know why you are here because you don't have to be here Nobody is forcing you. Nobody is forcing me. Nobody is forcing anyone. We choose to serve God out of our own free will. Nobody's forcing anyone. Why are we here? Why are you here? Why am I here? And I want us to read this scripture in Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6, verse 6. Just the, the word of God has amazing, amazing um, ways to give you an example of something. We're going to start in Proverbs 6, and then after that we'll go to Proverbs chapter 26. So Proverbs 6, 6 says... Go to the ant, you sluggard, or look at the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Verse 9, how long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? He's calling us out. And I'll tell you, the sluggard, the lazy, is not loving the Lord with all of their strength. It's not loving the Lord with all of his heart. It's not loving the Lord with all of his soul. Chapter 26, Proverbs 26, verse 13 says, The lazy man says, There is a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man in his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. This is one lazy guy. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Verse 13. Let's put that back on there. The lazy man says, There is a lion in the road, a fierce lion in the streets. The sluggard, the lazy, is saying, 
there's danger out there. I can't go out there. I'm going to stay in bed. How come the word doesn't say the frightened man says there's a lion in the street? Or it doesn't say the timid man says there's a lion in the streets. No, it says the lazy man. It doesn't say the man that is afraid. No, it says the lazy. There is nothing out there. If there was something out there, I think this word would say the man that is afraid. Because there is danger out there. But it's all in his mind. He chooses to be lazy. He chooses to be a sluggard. He chooses by choice to not love the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all of his strength. He is so lazy that he has convinced himself that he has the truth. It says he is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. There is no changing this man's mindset. But if I can accomplish to wake you up and to tell you that there is something for you. There is a reward for you. There is a, a value in serving God. I hope that you can make that decision today and said, no more slumbering, no more slugginess, no more laziness. I am going to serve God with everything that I have. I'm going to serve him with all of my being. I'm going to protect what he has given me. I'm going to preserve what he has given me. I am going to make sure that we keep what he has passed down. And I'm going to pass it down to my children and to the rest of my family. I'd like to have you stand up in this moment. When Jesus was betrayed in the garden of Gethsemane. We all know that story. We all know that the events that transpired there. But one very important detail that is sometimes not outlined or highlighted is the way he was betrayed. We all know that he was betrayed with a with a kiss, right? But the word of God, scripture, uses a very different word in other versions. Or in the Greek version. Uses the word katafileo. What does katafileo mean? That means that it is a tender kiss. It is not just one kiss, but it is a following of kisses. Let me give you an example of that. Do you guys remember the woman that broke, no, that was wiping the feet of Jesus with her hair. Do you guys remember when Jesus was at Simon the Pharisee's house and this woman came and she was weeping and she was kissing his feet over and over? It was a different type of a kiss. It wasn't just a, a peck and we're done. No, it was a, 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 a something more emotionally connected something that was connected at a higher level it was a tender kiss it was something that was that happened over and over kind of when you see a family member that you haven't seen in ages and you kiss them and you love them and you hug them and you kiss them again you kiss them on the neck you kiss them on the cheek because you're so happy to see them that is the word 
that it uses in the Greek. Karphileo. And so Judas came and he didn't just peck Jesus. He gave him, he portrayed the actions of someone who dearly loved him, of someone that desired to love him, of someone that was closely connected to him, that was happy to see his master. And he went through the motions, but having no substance behind it. And how many of us will katafileo God on Sunday, but on Monday we betray him? On Tuesday we betray him. Throughout the week, we don't love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. We need to love him continuously, every single day, with everything that we have. I can't say it enough. We need to continuously love our God. Let's take a moment. Let's open this altar. Let's have that that talk with Jesus. He's our God. In the Let's pray. I know that you are God. In the secret of your presence, I know there I am restored. Oh, there is no one. 